I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Lucinda Greasley and welcome to an ASOS podcast, My Big Idea. Today, we're going to be talking to the girls behind Gypsy East. Gypsy East is a jewellery brand that's stocked on ASOS Marketplace and aims to bring you the best jewellery from around the world. This is Gypsy East Big Idea. Today we're here with the girls behind Gypsy East. We've got Sylvie and we've got Olivia. And we don't have Emily because Emily is in Australia in at the Australia, moment. Exactly. How is it that you guys met um, to set up Gypsy East? Okay, so we all were working on the visual merchandising team for Topshop. Yeah. So that's how we all initially met. Sylvie! <laughs> and did you all join at the same time at Topshop? Yeah, so we all started working at Topshop at different times. I was the last person to join. Emily and Olivia were already there. Yeah. Um, I actually had met another girl in Ibiza wanting to start a style blog and she was okay. on the um, visual merchandising team. Yeah. And uh, it just sounded like such a glamorous, amazing job, like being on Oxford Street. I wasn't living in London at the time. Yeah. Um, so I ended up moving from Guess, where I was, over to Topshop um, and met the girls. And it did end up turning out that we had a huge sort of connecting circle of friends outside. So it didn't take long for all of us sort of to be hanging out and obviously just having mutual passions working in fashion and um, we were doing a lot of trend forecasting yeah like the flagship store opens up a lot a lot more doors in the kind of visual merchandising world so yeah we had an amazing job through that and we're doing a lot of separate kind of solo projects and photography marketing fashion design so had that background so how long were you all at top shop together was it like one year uh, or a couple of years no it was uh, you and Emily have been two in, years. Yeah, I think I'd worked there for like two years and then you... And then I joined and I think we did a whole year, year all together, together, yeah. together. How did you, how did it come about that you sort of had this idea to set up a jewellery brand? You know, like you're at Topshop, you've got great yeah. jobs, you know, and you've even got projects on the side. So what was it, you I know? I think it was actually how much we did enjoy the projects on the side that kind right. of spurred us to actually want to do our own thing and it just kind of stemmed from making our own little earrings to wear ourselves and then everyone was kind of like oh those are really cool and then we were like oh actually sweet let's start actually selling them okay and um yeah so then we just basically kind of started doing that quite like on a small scale and like bringing them to friends house and kind of laying them out on the table Mm. and then yeah. The so did you all decide to hand in your notice on the same day? Yeah, I think the notice thing was like a whole other part of Gypsy East, which is the travelling side, and Emily decided that she was going to go to Australia because her sister was living there and had a house. Okay. And then Olivia joined and said she was going, and then I remember just being lying on the grass outside when I was sick off work one day, one afternoon, um, and realising that both of them were going and we all shared such a creative kind of drive between us. I didn't necessarily have that with any of my other friends. So straight away phoned my mum and was like, I'm going to Australia with them. 
um, and jumped on board and then we had about two months to kind of move home and get sorted and start saving so we yeah. did it just quit London which was one of the hardest scariest thing to do that's yeah. been the biggest that was the start of you know then having no fear in any kind of decisions we made so yeah got out of the house that I'd lived in you know I had everything I had the house in yeah. London and the good you know the income and and loads of friends and took that risk and then everything just started from that moment onwards yeah because I think that's the big deal I mean I think personally for myself it would be giving up everything that you've sort of worked yeah. towards yeah, a lot of stuff it's that just you like, share with your like friends. Changing the familiar, basically, mm-hmm. and like throwing yourself into a, a situation that might, may or may not be the right decision. Yeah. But until you do it, you never know. Yeah. So, and luckily for us, it was. Yeah. But so did you, um, you know, in terms of like telling your mum and you know mm-hmm. telling your friends, what was their reaction? Was it like, yeah, go for it, or oh, was it a bit I like, oh my goodness, bit, have yeah. you thought about for, this? For what the company mm-hmm. or for, going yeah, their way? Yeah, your jobs and then deciding oh, to go and I say mean, something new. I'm lucky in that my family is from like my my parents run their own business, so they're actually really encouraging yeah. for kind of doing your own thing. So. In that respect, I'm really lucky. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably one of the reasons how it kind of has spurred me to do yeah. things because they're like, if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. And what, yeah, and what about my you, biggest Sylvie? fear, I think, was just leaving my friends. I'd lived in a set house with like five or four other people for so long. And I think that I was so nervous just about telling them that I was breaking away from that because at that point, not many of my friends had done the traveling thing or left. And prior to that, I'd been so career driven and obsessed with London as a place. Like, as I grew up, I was like, I need to be in London. I'm going to work for Vogue. You know, I'm going to okay. be successful. And I, the career ladder was it. Travel didn't even enter my brain. It was about 26 when we left. So that's such a long time. I think even my brother had been traveling for a year or so and I hadn't ever taken any interest because I was so obsessed with fashion and working my way up in that industry so telling them was terrifying parents again my dad's just total supporter in anything I do so I thought it was brilliant mum got a bit more would prefer the kind of structure but she's warm to it now and again fully supports me so so all of us had the support from the families the friends yeah Emily's parents are similar as well so she's She's already had a sister that was in Australia like since the age of 17 or something so, I mean, my most encouragement was from those two, and I was glad that I found two people that finally could open up my head to all these other ideas. Yeah. So, yeah. And so you mentioned, like, being a real sort of driver for you, or rather your career path was leading you mm. into fashion, dream of working at Vogue, etc., yeah. etc. But how about you, Olivia? Like, is this what I you'd mean, always wanted to do, or was there anything else that... When you were seven, you were dreaming. No, about. when I was seven, I wanted to either work in a fish and chip shop or be a stripper. Fantastic. <laughs> Which, Great. obviously, my parents, you know, the fish and chip shop discount, I think they would have enjoyed. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I would have loved that. The <laughs> <laughs> we spend on fish and chips at the moment is ridiculous. <laughs> We've got this obsession. Yeah, oh, really? Okay, cool. Well, Emily studied art. And okay. Yeah, we ended up, me and Emily actually ended up at the same art school, but didn't know each other then. Oh, okay. So, after I finished... Um, Emily had ended up doing fashion design there. Oh, right, okay. Um, and then I went on to another university. So yeah. Emily, yeah, designed an amazing fashion range. She's so talented at drawing. I mean, go, like, we'll obviously discuss this later, but between the three of us, I think we work so well together because there's, we, we've got such drive. Emily is so talented, but she needs pushing. She's like okay. the creative that has got so much more potential, but it works that we're all together because yeah. we can kind of bring it out of each other. Yeah. So you quit your jobs in London. You spent two yeah. months kind of saving up and planning yeah, what you're going to do. Moving back home. Moving yeah. back home. Which was kind of like a practice in between every travel for a while. You go home and you do be without your friends. You try and yeah. save a bit of money and have that kind of grounding and, and away time, which is sometimes the risk that people don't want to do. They're like, I'm in London, I've got yeah. 
I've got a job and I don't want to go back home. You don't want to leave the life. You just get scared to lose this, like, just leave the city. Yeah. Especially because, like, I mean, I'd lived here for, like, straight out of uni. So I'd been in London for, like, nearly five years. Yeah. My sister's here, like, all my friends are here. And I was like, it was terrifying. But then Mm. I was like, actually... You know, yeah. what have you got to lose? So, yeah. So then you booked tickets to go straight to Australia or did you go to India well, or I, anywhere else I along the way? I went straight to Australia. Right, because you'd already dabbled in Thailand. Yeah, and, and the girls went to Thailand and, and I just met them there because one of my best friends is from Sydney, so right. I went to stay with her. And when you went out there, did you know that you needed to start making money straight away or what was the plan? That like, was the plan, yeah, so the pla- yeah, we had a really ridiculous to, plan. To I think, get jobs straight away. Yeah, and work just in a city, working. potentially go back to Topshop in Melbourne, you know, go into VM roles. The jewellery thing, you know, we've obviously at that point said, right, we're starting a company and, you know, the name was there, but our priority, in my eyes, was to work for a year suddenly because we'd heard so much money you can make in Australia and then for me, I know, go to South America and travel with that money. Right. So it was totally, you know, that was it. It was a uh, career-driven kind of trip to yeah. make a lot of money. But then basically we landed in Melbourne and without, like, just being, like, British, we assumed Australia sun, but we actually went into, like, Australia's winter and we were in Melbourne, so it was basically raining. Yeah. And we were just, like... Sharing a no single bed in Amy's house. Are we staying here? Uh, so luckily our friend was on the east coast right. and we moved down there and did like our agricultural work in Queensland oh, okay which is where it was kind of sunny yeah we got taken up we got moved into a little wooden chalet called the love shack and that's really where the journey began so I did a yeah, okay. the, the standard traveling month in Melbourne yeah you know our friends were living in hostels we were all sharing a single bed we were drinking every day you know not really exploring or doing anything yeah. and then yeah Gabriella took us up to to Queensland to run the farmer and that's where that just opened up so many doors yeah living in the, the wooden chalet we started gypsy dinners so in the hostel we're in this beautiful hostel like um in this tiny little surfer town um we started cooking gypsy dinners so okay so making, what's a gypsy dinner <laughs> gypsy dinner is organic what, fruit and veg fruit from we got from fruit and veg we got from Ron's for free right so, so we went farmer. and picked it all and then went back and just made like big curries and sold them to backpackers for like six dollars. Oh, yeah, wow. so around the big campfire. And at this point, Emily did a big like gypsy lady that came our first sort of, you know, identity. So she painted this on a sign, and we you know painted loads of planks and we're making kind of wool friendship bracelets and just trying to make ends meet while living in this hostel. Okay. Um, so that was really kind of about like making some cash, extra just cash, learning and learning other ways of actually being able to like support yourself yeah. and like making the most of like. Situations you're in, mm. yeah. So when when do you start making the jewelry? Like when did the, when did that come about? When did you start doing that? that? Yeah, that, yeah. And we took everything with us, and because we do like hair braids and yeah. we make hair pieces and stuff as well, we're kind of always doing that along the way and yeah. trying to do photo shoots wherever we can. Okay. Yeah. So we started shooting on Ron the Farmer's Farm. So we'd have a few pieces that we had was our own jewelry, um, and some things that was definitely a style we'd want to emulate, like you know big chunky head pieces that we'd collected from our travels. We were doing the best we can to make ranges make little you know connecting nose pieces kind of yeah. limited limited where we knowledge are, we limited supplies nowhere as well so like the nearest town yeah. to go and buy stuff from was like two mm. hours
hours away and we didn't have a car or anything so we were literally like shells on the beach we had a caravan the shells actually they they were really good on this beach in Agnes Water there were shells and every single one had a hole in so our whole entire jewellery range we made was like based around shells and we had a caravan that the owner of the hostel lent us so we set up a little stool outside the caravan do you remember yeah Yeah, and then we were just (laughs) vlogging what we had yeah and Um, all our old clothes clothes that we didn't want and then we were making tie-dye t-shirts shredding up tie-dye t-shirts and we did start picking up a following and our strongest thing at that point wasn't the jewellery it was always the fact that we wanted a brand we between us we had marketing photography styling yeah. as our skills so and Emily's absolutely beautiful so we were shooting Emily in the jungle live with styling like and making making a brand and we started a Facebook page Gypsy East and it was just from that and I think people were really just buying into the lifestyle we were living and you know just everything else minus the jewellery because that wasn't yeah. really there at that point so it sounds like it was kind of like quite organic like you know you say yeah, you're kind of exactly given the opportunity to try something new and it's kind of what what's at your disposal to do it yeah but you've got this background of having been at Topshop yeah so, so much knowledge did we you sort of go there. in with did you ever write down a business plan no. for what you wanted to do and not did you, when we first started no, no. No it's been absolutely like, it's back to front with us so how we started okay. to how we are now yeah. we should have probably have been the other been way, way, the way around from yeah. Yeah, it's just been absolutely jumbled up and just sort of made up as we go along, but it's just worked beautifully somehow. Yeah. When did you start doing the jewellery? Like, when did that come into it? You said it was always there. Yeah. Yeah. So the then, first stop was India, wasn't yeah. it? So we'd done a whole year of developing what we thought the brand would be, like, again, all accidentally building up an image and a brand and, and, and then doing we did these actually, shoots. After our like a long haul of like beach bumming, we yeah. then went to Sydney and like made money to then go to India with. Right. So we did have to do like a yeah. bit of work. Yeah. Well, yeah. We had, both of us ended up managing managing one teaspoon, and the women that run that are two incredible, like beautiful, yeah, best inspiring friends that women. travel the world and have created their brand on the similar aesthetics as us. So yeah. that was really nice to be around as well. So we obviously took influence from that, and then Emily fell in love and stayed in Australia. Right. Um, with Hazza and has hasn't actually come back and they're now engaged as well and they're now engaged congratulations she hasn't come back but me and Olivia took the trip to India I mean since we've obviously all met in India and we've spent time together but obviously always in different places Um, so that was the last time we were kind of all properly together and that was just where the the birth of the brand and understanding what we kind of wanted so when we went to India um, arrived and then instantly knew what we needed to look for so spent a lot of time searching for a supplier workshop to work with and Um, designing as well because it's so inspiring being yeah. in India India was such an influence wasn't it just walking down the streets and just getting constant constant like inspiration India was on a in daily basis before we even knew it like the nose change you girls first started making which was the first thing that kind of made us mm. a bit that people started looking at just doing the nose connector because they yeah. weren't really around and that's probably the yeah, most that was definitely one of the Indian defining spi- pieces inspiration but that yeah. was like kind of from going to Bethnal Green Indian like yeah, jewelry yeah, yeah. shops so so yeah so obsessed with the country and we knew we needed to end up there that was always at the forefront of our mind and we did end up there and then spent that beautiful time exploring still shooting and finding the supplier and eventually found this family workshop that were the most trusting you know beautiful people that we've met yeah. and we still work with them now so that was where it was born yeah. in Pushka where okay. we found that and that was me and Olivia together I and mean, the next year on Emily came out and spent time there so we've all 
yeah, we'll spend a lot of time there. And so we also run a project there as yeah, well. Yes, so I've heard about that because I've saw what's it called? The One Love Project. Yeah, the One Love Project, which is a lovely like Instagram that I saw oh, about. It's really you. good. Um, and what's that like? Is that just to an add-on to Gypsy East, or I is it about the family specifically? It's a kind of separate thing. So we did that first year in yeah. India, that first trip, and got a lot of stuff, and came back to England, sold out almost straight away of everything because everyone had been so excited, you know, and we'd been shooting what we were discovering and making, and came back and it was just instant. I like, got rid of Fantastic. everything, and then kind of tried to merge back into normal life. And I even dabbled going back to Topshop for a bit and realised at that point that just wasn't what I wanted to do. You, where were you working then? I was working at Blitz. Yeah, oh, so still keeping with, yeah, kind of fashion-led jobs, but just really realising that's not where we want to be and went back to India again. Just that was the calling. It was like, we need to be there. Got out of London. And in that time... Um, so the year before, sorry, the first year we went, that's when we first started hanging around with the Gypsy Boys. That and me and me and my friend Yola had asked to volunteer at a school there. Oh right, um, okay. I met them and all their Gypsy camp is right next to where our supplier is. So it's just constantly being around. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids begging on the street in Pushkar, yeah. something that's always around, and and really kind of connecting with them. And the next year when we went back, um, just kind of wanting to help and and put it all together so we decided to build a school in the gypsy camp like an after school project so had some money from a few donations and went on the loose basis that we were going to design a necklace through gypsy east which we did and emily was actually out there at that time so the three of us came up with a necklace design called the one love pendant um and just went on the idea that we're going to sell that for a tenner all the money that comes back runs this, this after school project that we built um, oh, so, wow, yeah, fantastic. so we built that in the gypsy camp and went back after that kind of buying trip and, and actually had amazing support from everyone. Everyone got really interested. Like, yeah. It was so nerve-wracking when we first got back and not thinking how people would react or whether people would want to spend money and donate when everyone's struggling to, play, survive, yeah. to survive in London yeah, as yeah. it is half the time. I mean, we never have money, so it's hard asking people for money, which is why the product came. Yeah. You sell something to get the money. Yeah. And yeah, and then that took off, and then that's grown and grown now. We've got the women from the camp are making us camphor quilts, which we sell, oh, and that wow. feeds half back to the families, half to the kids. Um, people sponsor the children now to go to school, so they have the full education for fifty pound a year, and and that project's just going to grow and grow. So that's us so doing. There's lots it. And of then, plans, like yeah, yeah. So, the and it all interlinks on, like, with Gypsy, so it interlinks like, with our lives. And there's two other members called Louis and Yola, who again both have that passion. Yola was there when we first found the supplier with me and Olivia. And, and Louis loved and been obsessed with Pushka as well so as soon as he saw we were doing something he was like right I'm in so between us we yeah. manage that and with Emily's help and another friend Corey so it's kind of all of our crew so it's really out. kind of like yeah. grown and you've got more and more people involved yeah, yeah. Um, so but just I'm just going to like go back a little bit <laughs> I know it's, like I know, it's massive it's amazing um, to when you said you'd finished your year in India and you came back and you said that you know you sold out straight away yeah. Where were you selling, and you know friends. who is and who is buying markets and friends. online? It was really friendly, yeah, friends, was it? Friends of friends, and it was Facebook as well. People yeah. were just contacting us. Facebook became our biggest selling tool at yeah. that point. It was like before we, you know could even think about a website or even were really aware of things like ASOS. I don't even know if ASOS Marketplace was going there. Yeah. I don't think it even was. And there wasn't that many outlets. So Facebook just became our beacon of like people would say what they want and we go and drop it to yeah. them or post it out to them. That was, that so, was it really. I think much, our friends bought 90% of it. Yeah, pretty much. Our, our friends constantly are like the biggest force of the, you the discounts have, they get now. Well, that's why we've yeah. got like a whole crew, you basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very ha- handy yeah. and very helpful. Um, but you must try to go on quite a steep level. Learning curve then in terms of like selling it all and then 
you suddenly got you realise you've got a product that yeah. people really want to buy. Yeah. yeah. And then did you then go and meet the bank manager? Or how did that work? Like where did you start to put the kind of the nuts and bolts? Well, we've in that tried you really to be to as like have you we didn't want to, you know, take out huge loans and yeah. kind of do it that way. We wanted to make sure that it was it wasn't going to like make us like struggle basically yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even think of that option I think we, we all just chipped in 200 kind of, quid the first time I yeah, remember it the and first just one was like, 200 each bought what we could with that yeah. sold out and then it just kept trying just to make money through what we had yeah. and through what we were selling can you just reinvest everything yeah, just yeah. Yeah. On, like, so there never was this big investment and luckily with jewellery you know clothing ranges you've got so many different sizes and things like that we're very lucky we, and also jewellery's uh, transseasonal so yeah. and it's all things that we didn't think of it's all been accidental and we're very lucky and in the fact that yeah we can buy a product we could buy one of it or we could buy 50 of it yeah. you know it doesn't matter and it lasts all year round and yeah. it never dates it never ages and it's never out of season almost so yeah. in that respect we've been very lucky so the circle process just kept working so, yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of amazing, but I think it's probably based a lot around your, you know, just sitting here with you, your attitude and your enthusiasm <laughs> for what you do. It's amazing. It's kind yeah. of really contagious well, and you kind of want to join a part of it. That we love. That's the whole thing. The, the, the jewellery and the work side, one thing, but we've built a lifestyle yeah. around and it. Yeah. And I'm like obsessed with the life that we're living now. as well in London that, you know, we're constantly surrounded by people that just look incredible. But yeah. half the time you've barely got enough money to, like, go for dinner with your yeah. mates but yeah. you want to look you want to buy into all these things and we were like yeah. wanted to make it accessible to yeah. people our prices so, were like, so low for the good first year I think we sold any sterling yeah. silver ring we had for 20 quid yeah. and that was I it mean, we just I had think a flat rate we didn't even understand stupid, about the price <laughs> I mean I was all for it but it just made life easy it was like 20 quid a ring and you look now at some of the stuff we were selling even now our prices are low our prices are so low yeah. people that deal with jewellery and speak to us are shocked but I want it to be affordable because I can't afford anything ever yeah. so we want it to be affordable yeah. and for people like us that yeah just want the nice thing and that's why we've got repeat customers and it's easy it's not I mean eventually say we carry on with our bespoke range prices yeah. will rise because we all do court. silversmithing as well okay, so fine. that will kind of enter into yeah. probably yeah. a lot higher price yeah, yeah. <laughs> when the first time I made a ring myself I was like oh my gosh like how are we selling this for 20 pounds like it took me about four weeks to do it I literally sawed half my fingers off trying to do it but You've built yourself a lifestyle whereby you know you can have a job, you yeah. can create something you love, and also share it with loads of people. Yeah. And you travel. also now stopped on ASOS Marketplace yes. as well, so that's kind of exciting. And we're here at ASOS today. Um, how how did that come about? Like, did you approach them? Did they approach you? And has it been a success for you? I think we, we did. No, did we, we got approached. Yeah, we did. Yeah, an email yeah about we it. did. Because I don't think we'd ever kind of thought about it really yeah. wanted to but then yeah, it kind of came to us and yeah. we were like wow yes yeah. we wanted a website for so long but you just never get around to it the life how we live we're never still so it's impossible to kind of create these things and what ASOS Marketplace has done is given us a base of yeah. our yeah. customers and it's given us that thing that everyone needed that security a safe mm. website to channel through plus on top of that you guys are you know constantly pushing us out and you know it comes with so many benefits as well but it was the first time finally our customers could kind of pin us down yeah. and have a home yeah. and we've got it's so it's, it's been amazing yeah, yeah. So, like, listening to you, like I said, it's really exciting. But what would you, what tips would you either give to yourself if you started over again, like when you're going to Australia, or if someone came to you and said, look, I really want to start my own jewellery business, me and my mate have got, like, a couple of ideas, would you say, 
go for it and what would you tell them to look out for i just say go for it and if you feel like it's right then just don't think too much about it because as soon as you actually start thinking and analyzing it then you will end up like talking yourself out but okay. until you actually try try anything yeah. in life mm. then you never know yeah yeah so go for it basically go for it and take risks like don't conform take risks like run away live on no money like we we've gone through like the darkest times but and what have been the darkest times because like you're all smiles now yeah but you did have a single bed in australia and it rained a lot there's moments like that where we've just absolutely laughed at what what we've gone through or a sense of humor sounds like yeah exactly you've just got to laugh at it we've had no money we've been skint like money one big realization through gypsies when i was growing up money was everything I thought I had to be rich to be happy and it's actually only been still recently that really sunk in that we do not need money that money is not the answer you need enough to be able to do what you want to do and that's it and I think that's what we do we're constantly broke but you know I mean there's times when you make lots of money but again we just rinse that in a second and go traveling don't we we live the life that we want but the the ups and downs are that yeah you're not always going to have everything we sleep on friends sofas half the time when we come back to london so you don't have a base in the uk other than like family and friends this year we've done four months in india six weeks in europe and then we've we've been on the road all summer it's kind of like and rental prices and stuff it's actually like more beneficial for us to live on the road and yeah yeah have vans i luckily have a spare room at my sister's house thanks (gasps) alice and i don't want to live in london unfortunately yeah Yeah, that's not somewhere that i want to be so i I mean it's a very important place for me to come back and to to regroup and catch up and we get given so many opportunities like you know ace of marketplace or you know different offers that come to us so it's always somewhere that we come back to and we've got an incredible set of friends that always look after us but my life is to be on the road and this is what we've built it around india for half the year festivals at the summer for selling so So you spent lots of time and like you just said like you've been spending your time in your magic bus at a festival this summer (laughs) The lo- do you ever, it's called the lovers. The lovers. The lovers. Buzz. Buzz. And then okay. our band's called Dennis. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Dennis. <laughs> Damn. Um, do you ever spend time apart? <laughs> I mean, because obviously. Um, Emily's out in Australia. Yeah. yeah. So you so she comes to India. We've to India. Liv's had a good. Um, uh, big chunk of time with her in India and then yeah. I've had a chunk of time in India and yeah. then now she's coming back home Fine. Yeah. oh is she for okay. her wedding oh, the start wonderful. of the summer <laughs> and then we're going to be three gypsies in the same place for a little bit but, and, but do you you know do you ever spend that time apart because it must be quite hard sometimes being in each other's pockets yeah. what is it, it is. it's the hardest thing in the world it really is that's the one tr- thing that you have to just like my dad even said to me don't is, go into difficult. business with friends that's my dad's one bit of yeah. advice and, and so but, you've ignored him <laughs> I mean we're in too deep that point I couldn't get out but no it's you know it's the best and it's the worst because you're pushing your friendship and you're being around someone constantly so sometimes the friendship bit can get lost because you're also business partners and it's 24 hours a day because it's your baby so you You can try to structure you try to have a structure no emails no texts no calls unless it's work related or you know we've tried every combination but at the end of the day if it's to your business you're constantly gonna be on the phone all day and talking about it but the highs that you get from being with your friends and like when the magic's happening like the the energy we build in our stall at festivals or you know and Paloma Faith wore our earrings at the bridge yeah. and little yeah. things like that you're like yes like that and that's amazing that takes you to share make everything because yeah. you're just like okay actually we are doing a good thing yeah so yeah, yeah. so it's a challenge it's, but it's all yeah of course it. it is but it's also amazing to have 
someone to actually talk to because they yeah. completely understand the stresses you're going yeah, through. Yeah, that's very true. And the support. Sometimes you're waking up and setting up for a market and you, don't, you, know, you can't be bothered or sometimes it's nerve-wracking, like coming to something like this. I would have hated to do this on my own. So yeah. having that support of someone, sometimes you forget that because you're with each other so much, but when you imagine them not being there, that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. We've constantly got like dual blame for anything or dual credit for anything. So it, it constantly works yeah, yeah. in your favour having a partner in yeah. crime. And Emily. And Emily. And Emily. Emily. Emily's going to be back soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to like, I guess, slightly wrap up, because otherwise we could be here all afternoon, <laughs> which I'll be more than happy to. But what would you, you know, you mentioned Paloma Faith wore your earrings. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. What's been your proudest moment today? And also, what are you most looking forward to in the future? And maybe, Olivia, you can do proudest moment and you could, yeah. Sylvie, do the thing you're looking forward to most. What's been your proudest moment of at Gypsy East? But I think it is actually Paloma Faith in yeah, the Brit Awards. Cool. I yeah. mean, that was like she tagged us on her Instagram, like yeah. Gypsy East with Dolce and Gabbana, and it was just like nice. reading that. I was just like, oh yeah. my and god! Yeah. yeah, Major Laser, Major Laser headpiece got featured oh, yeah. in her video, oh, so cool. that was pretty. Yeah. And so what's the thing you're most looking forward to? Is it something like maybe next year, aside from the wedding? I, for a minute, yeah, I think um, something that we're constantly striving towards is just making a lot more of our own jewellery. And for that, okay. it requires stillness. So, right. um, you know, hopefully in this winter, we've both got our jewellery kits kind of ready and set up. So just spending a lot more time working on our own personal jewellery and just creating something for Gypsy East that's totally our own. And we've got a clothing range. Um, so that's at, in Delhi at the moment that we've designed and we need to work on. So we're going to go back to that. Um, and there's then just a, yeah, relocating the One things, Love Project in March into okay. a brick building, oh, which wow. um, another company, Pipe Dream, have helped raise a lot of money with us. So that's going to happen. And really establishing the women's wear range from the camp, getting them to maybe start making us clothing and all of that money getting channeled in back to the project. So, yeah. I mean, there's the list is endless. Yeah. I feel like there's not enough hours in the day. There's so much we want to do and so many different places we want to be. It's, every second is exciting. I'm happy every second at the moment with what we're doing and where it's going. Cool. So I feel like we're happy. I feel like we've made it now with what we've got. Like, we live the most incredible life and, and just that alone, you know, through through what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that feels like work. Well, well I mean... I mean... <laughs> So, yeah, accounts. Well, accounts feels like work, accounts but everything is else. horrible. Do you have an accountant? Me. Yes, yeah, Oh, really? <laughs> I'm, I'm business, so... And do you, like, do you actually deal with other young businesses as well? Like, you know, do you have mates that are running their own thing? Yes, and so do you, many. Do you We've use so them many to... We collaborate all the incredible. time. Oh, we're lucky that a way. A lot of your customers... I'm sorry, a lot of your customers, a lot of people that sell on Aces Marketplace. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, off, exactly. Off our friends, like House of Jam. Yeah, House of Jam. Um, Corey, Out of the Ordinary. So we're constantly collaborating with them, yeah. using their clothes. And any mentors? Do you have any mentors? Or do you, you know, just... Yeah, such like a tight group, but... Well, I mean... I think we're just surrounded by surrounded inspiring, by strong, incredible like, women at the moment. Yeah, we've got a lot of good team of girls. amazing. And, like, my dad is an inspiration. Yeah. So is my mum. Like, yeah. everyone. Everyone. You can pull friends. different bits from every single one. And we're very lucky we've got such a creative, strong group around us that is yeah. ever-inspiring. Because... Yeah. You don't want to stop basically pushing it and working harder. Yeah. Well, it's it's hugely inspiring talking <laughs> to you and hearing what you've got to say. It's amazing. I think there's just so much excitement and love for what you do. And I think I can't believe anyone can have a conversation with you without you talking about 
Gypsy East or the jewellery or yeah. everything yeah, you do, I mean, our friends fantastic. tell us to shut up a lot of yeah. the time, obviously, <laughs> but, you know. It's all for a good cause. <laughs> Thanks so much for telling Thank us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Bye. That was Gypsy East's Big Idea. Tune in next week to hear more stories from inspirational women who've set up their own businesses. Don't forget, you can always subscribe on either on iTunes, Acast, or any other popular podcast app to make sure you never miss out. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.